It's after Hanukkah, but this Torah that we didn't finish last week is not just for Hanukkah. <clears throat> it only comes back to Hanukkah the last few lines. It's about the moon, it's about Messias Nefesh. Just to remind, just to remind you a little bit, just for a minute, just to chazer a little bit. It's going on the Alanisim Lashkich and Teresach, and we'll get back to that at the very end. But the question that the Rebbe was was addressing was the Amuna of Avram Avinu. That by Avram Avinu, the Torah says, "Ve'hemen v'Hashem ve'Yachshaveha loy stoker." That Hashem considered. The Amuna of Avram Avinu is something astonishing. Hashem Hashem considered Avram Avinu's Amuna a chiddush, something great. Mashainikain, by the Amuna of Am Yisrael in Mitzrayim, we're there, although the Torah says that that we believed in Hashem as Baruch, there we don't find that the Amuna of Am Yisrael in Mitzrayim is v'yach shever lo itzlach. There we don't see that a kashbaruch who, that a kashbaruch who is kivyochel amazed by our emuna in Mitzrayim. Even though l'chayra, it was more difficult for us to believe in Mitzrayim. We never heard from Hashem. Avram Avinu heard from Hashem. Avram Avinu had, a, had a, an open line with a kashbaruch who. Mitzrayim, Forget about Hashem's Rabbeinu. We couldn't even hear Moshe Rabbeinu. We were in such a bad place. And Afar Pichim, we believed in Akash Baruch Hu. So you would say that the Emunah uh, Lachari, the Emunah that we had in Mitzrayim, is greater than the Emunah that we had, that the Emunah of Avraham Avinu. Yet only by Avraham Avinu it says, It's a big Madrega. So the Rebbe explains, and this is found in others for him as well. The Rebbe explains there's a difference between the beginning. And, and what takes place as that beginning evolves and unfolds. Avraham Avinu was referred to by Chazal as the Rosh Hamaminim. The Rosh Hamaminim, he was the one that began. He was the one that started. He was the one that broke through the Tohu Vavohu at that time of creation, at the beginning. He broke through that place. He's the Rosh Hamaminim. Our davening is Elkein of Elkei Avaseinu, Elkei Avram, Elkei Tzav, Elkei Yaakov. And therefore, by Avram Avinu to, to, to believe, to be mechadish, to bring, to bring into himself that emuna, the Torah says, V'yach Shever Lo That was something truly astounding. That's V'yach Shever Lo And therefore, the fact that he was able afterwards to bring up Yitzhak for the Akedah was a consequence of the faith that he already had. And therefore, the Torah praises his faith as being remarkable. Because he was mechadish that. He brought that down. And therefore, as a result of that, he was able, he had the kaychus to bring Yitzhak for the Akedah. As far as Am Yisrael in Mitzrayim, we inherited from Avraham Avinu, who was the Rosh Hashanah. We inherited this Nidas Hamuna, this Koyach Hamuna. We we already received that. We already were infused with that. Of course, it goes through different phases and stages, and so do we in our Amuna. But it's there. It's in our it's in our Ruchnis Dikidjins already. We have that. So therefore, we don't see in Mitzrayim. That the Amuna brought Hashem to say, Kiv Yochel, Vayach Shevel, Let's just go back to where we're on page Reish Yud, where it says, We went a little bit further. Let's just review one paragraph. Vakev and Shekane. It's right five lines down from the top of the page. Let's chaz it for a second. Vakev and Shekane, Suicha Gam Hemunal Yezbe Messius Nefesh. Kev and Shekol Kocha Messius Nefesh, Yeshbi Yisrael Mimene. Our ability to be Moise Nefesh, as is explained at length, at length in Tanya, our ability to be Moise Nefesh, to give up everything, to give up everything to remain Jews, to give up everything for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that 
that Mesiris Nefesh comes from Emuna. And therefore, our responsibility in life is to develop our Emuna, to strengthen our Emuna, to be Megalar Emuna, that our Emuna should be an Emuna that is itself with Mesiris Nefesh, with self-sacrifice. And therefore he says, If our Emuna is not fully activated, if it's half-hearted, then it won't have the ability to give us the strength to be Marisa Nefesh. But for every Jew has a Muna inside. We, we inherited this Mavra Ravino. And yet that Amuna doesn't necessarily give him the, the strength to get up and go to Minyan, or the strength to overcome a temptation with, a, with an Aveira. Even though, even though he has the capacity to be Marisa Nefesh, to Mamash give up his life, to sacrifice his son, just like Avram Ravino did. But when the Amuna is not exercised, and the Amuna is not with Mesiris Nefesh itself, when the Amuna, when one does not, when one does not, is not mechazik his Amuna, and doesn't think about it, then he could be like, like the Baltani, the person of the Baltani often brings as an example of, of this problem of Ganva Apumachtar to Rachmanakari, like we spoke about two weeks ago, that a Ganav when he's crawling around to steal something, a Jewish Ganav he also says Hashem. Protect me, Hashem. I'm asking you to look out for me. While he's doing an avar, he's asking Hashem to 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 uh, to look out for him, to guard him. How is such a thing possible? The Torah says he has a muna, and therefore when he cries out to Hashem, Rachmana, he calls out to Kadosh who It's sincere. He believes in God. So how could he ask God to 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 prevent him from getting caught? He's doing an avar. So what's he calling out to Kadosh Baruch? The Torah says he believes in Hashem, but his amuna is amuna is not an amuna that has been worked on, that has been misgala with Mesiris Nefesh, and therefore it's in a very, very weak and dim state. V'ini Mesiris Nefesh b'amuna higam shagam b'eisa hester yam b'yisbar And when does Hashem give us when does Hashem give us the opportunity to really, really be Mesiris Nefesh for our amuna? Not talking about sacrificing our lives. The Rebbe explains, When things are not going well in life, when there's a hest upon him, when things are confusing, when things are difficult, and, and in that state of hest upon him, to believe that everything is good, and to believe that despite all of the agony and suffering, all the anguish that the person has to continue to believe, that his that Baruch Hu loves him. That's emuna. That's when you develop your emuna. Davke in a difficult time, you develop the emuna. In a matzav of hestapana. But it's the same way when a person is working out, when a person is exercising. It's because of the resistance, and you're and you're fighting against that resistance that you're that you're really really exercising. If you're not perspiring, if you're not, if there isn't resistance, so then your your body is not really is not really being developed. The muna is developed when a person faces resistance, and the resistance is has to him, nisyonis, and so on. And the person with mysterious nefesh continues to believe that Kashbaru who is there and Kashbaru who loves him. And then the Rebbe says, "Well, This is where we're up to last week. Two weeks ago, unfortunately, he says we see now. We see even among Jews who, before the war, they were they were maminim shleima. They were they were people of, of faith and belief. And we see that the amuna has been damaged by some people. And they're asking questions. Why did Hashem abandon us? And if Hashem's intention is to be makar of us, to turn avodah by by causing us this these yisurim, this suffering, What do you mean? How's He bringing us closer to Torah, to Yiddishkeit? All the yeshivas are destroyed. All the shuls have been destroyed. How is Hashem helping us to get closer to Him and closer to Torah mitzvahs as a result of our suffering? Which the Rebbe often did. He says, if a Jew cries out to Hashem by way of davening and begging Hashem, and pouring his heart out before Hashem, in other words, Hashem, like David Malch did all the time, 
Akama Tasdir Panach, Rabban Shalom, why are you hiding your face from me? All of the psukim that Dodo Malchus throughout all of Tehillim, he's crying out, but the crying out is begging for help and begging for or and for light and for and, and, and for clarity v'chulu. And when a person does that, and the crying is coming from Emuna, not that he gives up, not lama zavtanu. Why have you abandoned us? Even Dovna Malach said also, keli keli lama zavtani. Rochuk mishuasi divrei shagosi, but Dovna Malach's Dovna Malach's the crying, the screaming was coming from a place of Emuna, not a loss of Emuna. It's not the same thing. Asking Hashem to be Megala himself, to help us and so on, that's that's 100%. Not only is it okay, but it's a demonstration of faith. But if a person is, is asking Kashis on Hashem, he's questioning Hashem. And even if he's not actually verbalizing these kashas, rak emunoso be pnimius liba nifkum achas v'chilila. But even if he's not verbalizing these questions, but inside of him his emuna has been damaged chas v'chilila. Oz Hashem yishmeru that Hashem we ask Hashem to watch such a person who's going through that. Hamuna he yisad hakol. There's a. There's a fantastic book that I'm sure some of you have read, and if you haven't read it, you probably all heard of, that Eliezer Berkowitz, Dr. Eliezer Berkowitz, wrote a book called Faith After the Holocaust. It's a very harsh of a book. It was a groundbreaking work. It's already quite quite old. I think he wrote it, maybe it was in the late 60s, early 70s. The whole yesoid of that book, when he was a Talmud of the Sri Deish, he was a big mammon. He went through a lot of yesoid. And... And the Yisod of Berkowitz's book, Faith After the Holocaust, is this what the Rebbe is talking about. That Davka, a person who believes in the, who believes in the love of Hashem, is crying out for that love to be revealed. Davka, because you trust in Hashem, you're hurt that, you, that, you're hurt that the one you love so much and you trust so much is, is silent. You don't see the help coming from Him. That's not coming from a place of... of of chalila, of kfira, of denial. It's coming because of my amunah. I'm crying out to you because it hurts me, because I believe in you. Not like the people are saying that Hashem has left us, it's vafalim, it's, it's finished, and it was kashis, and so on. It's a different thing. Hamunu hi yisod hakol. Hamunah is the foundation of everything. Kshihi chas vachalila nitka me'etzlo, as chas vachalila nikrahu, and if the Amunah is Khalil, if the Amunah is damaged, then the person drifts away from Hashem. He's torn apart from Hashem. The Nishamas, after, after they leave this world, and they have to go through Gehenim, through whatever the judgment is in Gehenim, and they return, when they emerge from Gehenim, they come out from Gehenim completely purged of all of the sins of this world and completely refined and repaired. And we have hope in Hashem. The Rebbe is davening that those Jews who are going through Gehenim while they're in this world. Because the biggest Gehenim for a Jew is when he begins to lose his amunah, he begins to lose his faith, and he starts to think, that his suffering has no meaning, that his suffering is meaningless. What's the tachlis of his suffering? That's a Gehenna. So we ask, he says, Vidavnik Hashem, Makavan Lashem, Shagam Oisam and Misyasum be Yasurim Ela. Yalem Hashem, may Hashem bring them up from this Gehenna that they're in while they're alive. The Gehenna of, of doubt, the Gehenna of skepticism, the Gehenna of that loss of faith. May Hashem bring them out from that Gehenna, Mazukachim. Purified and refined, they should survive that Gehenna that they're going through, where they're struggling with their Amuna. A person whose Amuna is damaged. Can be compared to a Neshama, can be compared to a Neshama that is 
that is that suffers in Gehenna, Rachman al-Islam, but they see for Shom Chait al-Pesha. See, I didn't say it right, but the Rebbe was, at the end of the, the, the last paragraph, the Rebbe was davening for those people who, after this life, go through again. Not that now he's talking about the ones who are, who, whose amuna is, is damaged. May the, all of those emerge from Gehenna purified of their sins of this world. But now the Rebbe says, I'm sorry, but now the Rebbe says, However, a person whose amuna is pogum, whose amuna has been damaged, he could be compared to an neshama that was that was uh, tortured in Gehenim, but while in Gehenim, continued to do things that were wrong. Then afterwards, this neshama sees herself involved in the same averes. Shoelasatzman asks herself, "Maho alti bechal What benefit was there in all of my suffering? All of the, if all of the problems of all of the filth remains as it was to begin with. In other words, the neshamas who have sinned in this world and are judged in Gehenim, they're they're purified in Gehenim, and all of their sins are and all of their sins are purged from them. While a person is alive, and he's he's in this Gehenim of doubt of skepticism. So then the Rebbe says, what, what, does all of, what did all of the suffering help? What does all of the Gehenim that he's going through? It doesn't help him. The Gehenim that the Nishamas go through in the next world, it helps them. It cleanses them, it purifies them. But this Gehenim of doubt that a person lives with in this world, it doesn't purify him. It doesn't help him. It doesn't bring him any closer. It doesn't change him in, to, to becoming somebody who's close to Hashem. Just the opposite. It takes him further and further away. And the Gehenim gets deeper and deeper. Hold on a second. And the Rebbe says, Bemis, the truth is, he was a very great person. So the Rebbe says, what place is there for any kashas to ask questions on Hashem? Chas v'chalilu l'shailas. Hain emesh yisur mekamay elush on asayv l'mata. It's true, the Rebbe says, that the suffering that we're going through now, the suffering that we're going through now, remember now he's talking about December 15th, that time, 1941. So the Rebbe says, it's true that the suffering that we're going through now, <coughs> such suffering has only happened once in every few hundred years. But how, he says, how is it possible for us? First of all, we can't understand the ways of Hashem. And how, and how can we allow our amuna to be damaged? Because we don't understand Hashem's ways. Things like this, the Rebbe says, has hap- have happened in the past. Jews have suffered in the past. We can't understand a blade of grass. We don't understand how a blade of grass is. How, could, where, how did that come to be? Certainly we can't understand the soul. Kolshkein Malach, certainly we can't understand an angel, a Malach. But Kolshkein is Daitis Baruch, and certainly we can't understand Hashem's way of thinking. How could we assume in any way to understand Hashem's way of thinking? What Hashem is Baruch, what He's doing here, and why we're going through this? And why is it that we're, why are Jews allowing their, their emuna? Why is it happening to Jews? that their amuna is being damaged because of the suffering that they're going through. More now than the Yisurim, than the suffering, the Jews have ever gone through. Why is it that a person learned in, in, in Tanakh and in Gemara and Medrash, and he, heard, he read about Saras of, of, of Am Yisrael, and he's heard about stories from the past of Tzaras Yisrael, from way back until now, and And why is it that until now, even though he knew that Jews have suffered in the past, and Jews went through the Churban Bayesrish and Churban Bayesheni and Golas and Tzaras, and then his Amunah was still strong, even though he knew all of that and he read about all of that, and he heard stories about all of those things that happened in the past. Why is it and now his Amunah is damaged because of the suffering that we're going through? Why? Because the Jews, 
Because those Jews who are now saying that there's never ever been suffering like the suffering that we're going through now, tell him, they're making a mistake. By the Churban Beis and by Beisar, there was suffering like the suffering that we're going through now. Hashem Yirachav Yomadai Latzarosen, if you should take it from Yad, may Hashem say, Dai Latzarosen, enough of outsiders. And we should have Yeshua take it from Yad immediately, but here is the most famous footnote in the entire Eish Kardash. If you look at footnote one, that's the Rebbe's own note. This note was written, this note was written November 27th, 1942. <coughs> so the Torah that we're learning, remember, is around approximately a year earlier. The Torah is from a year before, December 1941. Now we're talking about November 27th, 1942. And the Rebbe himself wrote this note, Hagor. Rakat Saros, the Rebbe went back to his entry of this Torah they were learning now, and he wrote this note. But he wrote this at a later time, in November 1942. And he says, Rakat Saros, Ad Shil The Rebbe says that the suffering that we that we had gone through until maybe the middle of 1942. We could say that Jews experienced such suffering in the past. Avul Katsaris Meshunas. However, what we're now in, what we're now going through, which is the end of 1942, Avul Katsaris Meshunas, the Meshunas, the bizarre Tsaris, and brutal murders that are taking place. Shechidshu HaRishoyim HaRotzchim HaMashunim Aleinu Beis Yisrael That the Rishoyim have thought of new ways to torture Jews, to kill Jews. Mishili Tavshin Beis Now, when he's writing this note at the end of 1942 According to my knowledge of Chazal and history HaShel Yisrael Bechlal That we have gone through there's never ever been suffering the way that we're suffering now. Until the middle of the year, 1942, the Rebbe said, perhaps you could compare our suffering to, to stories, things that happened to Am Yisrael in the past. But as of what's happening by the end of 1942, the Rebbe said, our suffering now, what we're going through is unprecedented. There's never been such a thing in all of history. May Hashem save us like the blink of an eye. So you see, that was Erev Shabbos Kodesh Yudches Chai Kislev Tov Shin Gim. So, so this was added on later on. And go back on top. So the question, so what the Rebbe was saying before, at that time he was saying, why is it that Jews are losing their faith? Haven't Jews suffered in the past, and haven't they remained faithful? Is our suffering worse? than the suffering of earlier generations. Earlier generations remain steadfast in their Amunah, so why can't we? But now, already, the Rebbe saying, the Rebbe writes a year later, it's talk, uh, by now it's already, these, there's never been such a thing that we're going through. So it's no longer, it's no longer possible to make a hekish to compare to earlier times. It's no longer possible. And if Jews are, are, if Jews are so discouraged and so broken, that they're having a hard time holding on with mysterious nefesh to their amunah. The Rebbe says, by this point, we can no longer say, why aren't we as good as our ancestors? Because our ancestors never, ever went through this, what we're going through. There was no such thing. Never, ever happened such a thing. Back on top. Hatam sheish, kazaniv gam bamunasai. Now, we could certainly look at ourselves now And we could and we could apply what the Rebbe is saying to ourselves now. Although Hashem, we have things very good. And I mentioned I mentioned that someone had said to me that there was a that 
one of the chavri here told me that there was a bocher that was struggling with his amuna because of some of the tsaras that have taken place in Eretz Yisrael, and that a bocher here in the yeshiva was losing his amuna, was having a hard time davening, couldn't bring himself to shul, couldn't bring himself to put on tefillin. Regarding such a, a situation that we're in right now, the matzav of Am Yisrael right now, it's terrible. Any time, any time, not only that a Jew is killed, but that, that one drop of blood, one that there's a person that's hurt in the slightest bit, of course it's a tragedy. But for that, a person loses his amunah. There's not a holocaust. I'm not going through any holocaust now. People like to throw around the word holocaust, Nazis. You know, it's very, uh, anytime there's something bad, people say holocaust, Nazis. There's not a holocaust. It's terrible. A Jew gets hurt, but we've, there have been stabbings. There have been, there have been Jews that have been killed, have been run over by the Rishon Yemach Shemam. That's true. But to, but not to be able to mechazik oneself in a moon. You were able to, you were able to put on film even though you know that six million Jews got killed. But you can't continue to put on film because somebody was killed, somebody was stabbed, they run over and says, "Oh, you can't continue to daven." That's already, that's 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 a that's a pagam in amuna. Not to be critical of any such person, We're living in a very big hestapan. It's a time of hestapan. And I had a girl last week after I gave the shiur in shul. So a girl comes over and she says to me, "How?" Because we were talking, I was talking about haydar because it was it was. Arab Hanukkah was talking about Haidah, being grateful for all that we have. And she said to me, how could we be grateful for what we have? Look what's going on in Eretz Yisrael. So I said, how could you be grateful for what we have? If you would have lived, if you would have lived 100 years ago, every Monday and Thursday, there was a pogrom in town. Your grandmother would have been taken away by a Cossack on the back of a horse. And you're worried about, you're worried about your nail falling off when you're getting your manicure? How you want to, how you could be grateful? And I'm not cold-hearted. I cry when there's a Jew that's hurt. It bothers me. Just like you. But for this already, you want to know how we could remain believing Jews? How could we remain believing? Or I had a girl, and this goes back 15 years ago, that she's, I don't even know who she was. She's calling me. I, I, she calls me on the phone. I get up because somebody's crying. I say, who are you? What happened? What's wrong with you? What's going on? She's crying. And then she tells me that her grandmother passed away. So I said, that's terrible. What happened? So she said that she died. So I said, how old was your grandmother? She tells me her grandmother was 94 years old. And then she says to me, Bahachlosh, I'm not exaggerating, I'm not making this up. She said, How can I go on davening knowing that Hashem would do this to me? Said, Your grandmother's 94 years old, she was Nifter? You want to know how you can go on davening? How could God do that to you? How could God do that to you? He gave you, you had a grandmother. I never had a grandparent in my life. You had a grandmother that lived to be 94? That's the, you know what kind of chesed that is? Chesed that the family had a, had a grandmother 94 years old? That you were able to spend all these years together enjoying being with her? And from this you're having Sveikis and Amuna. You know, this is how weak we are. She was hoping I would be sympathetic. I wasn't sympathetic. I was sympathetic that the, that the, that the Bobby died. It's a, but you're telling me such a thing that how could you go on davening? In other words, if God is good, then he couldn't have taken my grandmother? Well, like something we see in the, in the from newspapers, Klai's soul is shocked by the sudden petira of Rav Eliyashev. We're all, we're all terribly saddened that the tzaddik has died, but to call that a sudden petira is a little bit crazy, no? How old was he? A couple years past 100, no? They're not sure exactly. I wouldn't call it exactly a sudden petira. I wouldn't say it's, 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 it's a hard thing to say that we're shocked by Rav Eliyashev dying, or we're shocked by, by Rav Ozna dying. We're not shocked. We're sad because the tzaddik is gone and it hurts. Because how can we go on living without a tzaddik? We need tzaddikim and so on. But, but these Lashonis were shocked. Were shocked by the sudden, the sudden petira. I remember it says, the sudden petira of the God of Hador. What kind of sudden petira? What, what were you thinking? Are you thinking about 120? I don't know. I never met anybody who lived to 120. Someplace in China they have people like that. I don't know. You know, Jews don't go to 120. Everybody should be Besunder and Svansik. I never met anybody like that. But shocked by the sudden petira. How are we going to put ourselves together again after this sudden petira? 
because we're never we're so unbelievably weak. Our moon is so weak. We don't work out. We're not. We're not. Especially in America, any hestaponim, hestaponim. We can't live with anything if it doesn't go our way. We become tzebroch. We're broken by by anything that doesn't go our way. So the moon is not with mesiris nefesh. What the Rebbe was talking about, he said, that we never saw anything like this. What he lived through, and what he lived through, what he was killed in. There was not going to have anything like it. But uh, but that any one of us Khalila lose Aramuna, Aramuna should be weakened because of stabbings, because of because of what the Ishmaelim are doing, Aramuna should be weakened for such a thing. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's, a it's shameful. And people talk in this, this way, they use such lashinas of Svekis and how could I how could this be? How could God allow this to happen? How could God allow a stabbing to happen? But six million Jews he allowed to happen, that you don't lose sleep over. That you could that you were able to daven after six million Jews are killed, but you can't daven after a stabbing? The same God who, who was there was here. The same God uh, the same God who was in Auschwitz is also in Yushalayim It's in Yushalayim, it's in Yushalayim also. The same Rabban You have a Kasha. How could it be? Kasha. You want to say, Rabban Shalom, how much longer can we bear that it has to upon him? Help us. We're longing this. Show your presence. Give the Yishmaelim a big knock. You know, to be Megala Kvayd Shemayim, that a Jew who believes Davins, and we beg Hashem, Galei Kvayd Malchuscha, show your strength to the whole world. That we beg, because there should be a, there should be a Gili Kvayd Shemayim. But to say that I can't theologically, how am I supposed to continue philosophically, theologically, emotionally, after such a tragedy has happened? How could it be? How could it be that, 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 that the Kalas, that Hashem Yerachim, that the Kalas, father and brother were killed, Erev the Chasna, how could it be? It's not a tragedy. We don't, of course we all cry. We're asking Akash, and Hashem is brought. How could it be? Did you ever sort through one of the mass graves that were in, that were in, in the Holocaust? Who was who went down in, in the same in the same place? They didn't have a kever Yisrael. But this is a pagam and emuna. And the only way that one strengthens one's the only way that one's emuna is strengthened is by davka plowing through hestaponim and being mechazik himself. So the Rebbe explains why should the emuna be damaged by these things, and he says. The reason that a person, someone is being damaged by this, he's saying this. He's saying people are more self-absorbed and self-centered than ever before. And therefore, his pain, his own personal pain, affects him more than in the past. Because we're much more self-centered. We're much smaller people, more self-centered than in the past. The person himself says that the reason that he's going through such um, a crisis of faith is because of because how he sees other people being tortured. But the emes, but the rabbi says, but the truth is, who the of course he's upset about other Jews suffering. The reason that it's such a hispilus? When that girl is crying, how could it be that my 94-year-old grandmother died? What she's really saying, this is the Rebbe saying, what she's really saying is what? That scares me. Because that reminds me that I'm also going to die. And since people are more self-centered than ever before, look what the Rebbe says. To the point that his amuna is damaged. And he's asking, how could Hashem do this? Because he's afraid he's going to end up like the other guy that got killed. He's going to end up getting stabbed. He's going to end up getting hurt. There's going to end up being another, God forbid, another terrorist attack in New York. He's in danger. He's afraid to walk on the street. The Rebbe said, that's what I was saying. That, that Emunah needs Mesiris Nefesh. And a person has to give up his self-centeredness, all his negiyas. And then his emunah won't be damaged by the tsars that are going on. 
and the person will be able to continue believing that everything that Hashem does is right and that Hashem is well, hasn't stopped loving us for a minute. Maybe now we can understand when Rabbi Kiva is being tortured. So his Talmidim asked him, Rabbeinu Adkan? They said, Rabbeinu Adkan? Even now? And he answered, My whole life, I'm at Star. I have Tsar over the Pasig, Bechol Nafshacha. It says that, I feel a night It means to the point that you have to love Hashem to the point of being, able, being ready to give up your life, to give up your soul. Amati, Rabbi Kiva said, when, when will I have the opportunity to make this Pasig of what? Being Moshe Nefesh, Bechol Nafshacha. You're asking me, Adkan, now finally I have the opportunity to give up my life, to be Moshe Nefesh, Al-Kiddush Hashem. My whole life I'm waiting for this opportunity. So the Rebbe says, So everybody knows that there's a big cash that's being asked. Is it Shach? Who do you think the Talmud of Rabbi Kiva, or Rabbi Kiva were? The Talmud of Rabbi Kiva. These are, these are Tanoim. These are great, great tzaddikim. These are great people. Is it shaykh for people like that to ask Ad Khan? Even now you believe in God? That's what it sounds like. Ad Khan? Rebbe, even now you're saying Shema? Kilo, even now you believe in, in Hashem Achat? Even now, while they're torturing, you still believe in God? In God's kindness, in God's love? So everybody's asking this question. How could the Talmud Rebbe Kiva ask such a question? What do you mean? Rebbe Kiva's not the only Jew that's died for Hashem's sake. Other Jews throughout time have died for Hashem's sake. And they believe in Hashem. And Jews didn't walk. And my grandparents didn't go to, didn't go to the guest chamber saying, singing Ani Mama. They did. And you probably had great-grandparents that went like that, singing Ani Mama and saying Shema Yisrael. They didn't. They did. And what is Rabbi Kiva's answer? Why did he just say to them? Why did he just say to them? Adkan, Rabbi Kiva just answered. What do you mean, Adkan? It says in Pesach. I'm a Shem in Mitzvah. It says in Pesach, B'chol Nafshcha means to the, even to give up your life. Why does he have to say this whole autobiographical part, this Meiseh? Kol Yom HaYisim my whole life, a mitzvah that I should have the opportunity to be kind. This bechal nafshcha. Just say bechal nafshcha. You want to know adkan bechal nafshcha. The Rebbe says an amazing thing. But according to what we're learning, Ev Shemram is the matzavenu. Could be it's alluding to the matzav that we're in right now. Our matzav. The Rebbe is saying now. Almisas Rabam Hamara. The the Talmidim of course were in terrible they're they're in terrible anguish over the over the over the horrible death of their Rebbe. So Allah Belibam Shailas Maisha Rabbein. So what what came into their minds was the question that Maisha Rabbeinu, the Gemara tells us in Manachas that when Maisha Rabbeinu was shown a picture of Rabbi Akiva being tortured to death after he saw Rabbi Akiva's greatness, right? And he heard a shir from Rabbi Kiva. Then he was shown, Moshe Rabbeinu was shown into the, fu- in the future a vision of what's going to happen to Rabbi Kiva. And Hashem showed him that he's going to be, that they're selling his, his flesh in the marketplace. So you remember Moshe Rabbeinu said, Zu That's Torah, that's the reward for Torah. So maybe the Talmudim had this question that was bothering them. Zu is this the reward for all that Rabbi Kiva, for all that he did in his life, is this the reward? They were afraid. They started to they started to think this way. They were they were standing there watching the Rebbe being being tortured to death, and they began to have this thought of this is this is what Hashem's Bach does for Rabbi Kiva. And they were afraid that the Amunah shouldn't be damaged by this, by what they were living through, what they were watching. Therefore, they were begging Rabbi Kiva, and they were saying, they were saying to him, Rabbeinu Adkan, this is an unbelievable pshat, they were saying to him, Rabbeinu, you're our Rabbi even now. 
we depend on you to, to help us with this. Rabbeinu Atkan. It's not a question. It's saying Rabbeinu Atkan. You're still our Rebbe. While you're, while, you're, while you're being tortured to death, you're our Rebbe, Rabbeinu Atkan. You're still our Rebbe even now. Because they needed his chaskas from the Rebbe because they felt themselves slipping. And they were waiting. They needed it there, that, 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 because of their Rebbe's great emunah, that maybe you could say a word or two to give us some chizik. Which the Rebbe saw as his responsibility in the ghetto. That was his responsibility. And he understood that the Jews were, who were coming there to see him, who were coming to be with him, to, to, to hear his story, they were saying, in effect, Rabbeinu Khan, you're still our Rebbe, please help us, because our Amunah is slipping away. We're having a hard time with our Amunah. The Shalom, they asked, and so they said to Rebbe Kiva, Rabbeinu Khan, meaning, return to Rabbeinu, Yovo Khan Lamatsav Shalariga Baif and Markazah. Rabbeinu Khan, you could say, can you be our Rebbe? They're asking, can you be our Rebbe even now, at this moment of your death, at this moment when you're going through something that makes no sense to any of us? They're saying, Rebbe, please teach us what's the meaning of this, that you're going through this. Why are you going through this? Why are you going through this? Because we don't get it. We don't understand it. Not, not that they're questioning Hashem. They, they're feeling, they, they feel the question starting to creep up. So they're asking, they're asking Rebbe Kiva, Rabbeinu, Adkan, Rabbeinu, please give us chizik. We need chizik in our Amunah. Next page. Maybe that's why they don't explain the question very clearly. They just say those words. Because we know that in the Gemara, and all the, uh, we know that in the Gemara, that, that when Moshe Rabbeinu asked, that Hashem is Baruch told Moshe Rabbeinu, be silent. Remember? If you say one more word, I'm going to take the whole world back to Torah Vo. Be silent. They, and the Talmudim knew what, what, what Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu. Rabbi Akiva understood that what his Talmudim were really looking for, they were, looking, they, were, they were not looking for answers. Why do good people suffer? They weren't looking for an answer. They weren't asking Akasha, so they're not asking Akasha, they're not looking for Teretz. What they were asking the Rebbe for was which every Talmud has the right to ask him as Rabbi, is to help us to be Meshpia Muramuna, to be Mechazagas and Amuna. They weren't asking a kasha, a theological, philosophical question about theodicy, about why do good people suffer and so on. They weren't asking a kasha. It's not philosophy. They were saying, Rabbeinu, help us. We need Chizik. They weren't asking a kasha, why is it a person like you? Why is it that you're. That's not a kasha. They're asking Rabbeinu. Rabbeinu, we need, we need, we, you're always our Rebbe, and we're waiting for you to be mashpia, help to be mashpia, some emuna, give us some, some chizik. Therefore, he spoke about himself. He says, he says, he didn't just say to them, it's a, they weren't asking for a, 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 a mocker, they weren't asking for the, where does this halacha come from? They're asking for Ischaskis. And he says, Kol Yoma. He tells him about himself, because that's the biggest Ischaskis. What do you mean? Emuna, you're losing your Emuna? Kol Yoma, he's him at Starl, because my whole life, I'm, I'm waiting for this. But the Rebbe says, but back then, of course, the Xer was for the ten Haruge Machos to be, to be tortured to death. Rabbi Kiva is, is one of the Harugan Machus, and therefore the Talmidim asked the Rabbi to speak to them, to give them some chizik. But he says, but now here in Poland, in Warsaw, now it's not just about the ten, not, it's, not, it's not about ten Harugan Machus, it's not about ten Tanoim anymore. There's a, the Nazis are trying to kill every Jew. It's a Gzair and all of Klai Yisrael. What can we do? We have to, he says, we have to think about, about these tzaddikim from earlier times. That they were Moisa Nefesh, al Kiddush Hashem. We have to try to take chizik from these stories that we have heard, that we've learned. Because we know from the Alter Rebbe, from the Balatanya. 
Shalachin gam isha pachas mi Yisrael muchin limso naf shalashem beis nisayim. That even a simple Jew is ready to give up his life when he's being tested in his faith. Avshal is chazik al yitzray koshal. Even though, as I said before, it's hard for him to overcome his yitzharif, not to steal, or not to go after some girl. That's hard to overcome his yitzhar, or to say lashon har. But to give up his life, he's ready to give up his life. When they shaboyim oz lechabayis es nitzayis nishmasa bekfir rachmal l'sanis dalter, I be explained because when this Jew understands, even though he's not so he's not religious, but when this Jew understands that this guy is trying to extinguish within me my belief in God, he's trying to tell me that I, I should convert, that I'm not a Jew. He's trying to, to to erase me from Hashem's book of being a Jew. Rachmal l'san, I dezem mischazekes umiskaberes kanayda. Through that, his emuna is mischazek. He's moisa nefesh. So the Rebbe says, this is our problem now. Why is it that Jews are losing their Muna? Because, they, because Jews think that we're stopped being killed, that the Nazis are stopped killing us. It's not about, it's not about our Yiddish If each and every Jew would now, would now, concentrate. The reason that the Nazis are killing us is not because we stole. They say the Jews are thieves. But that's not why they're killing us. We're not thieves, and that's not why they're killing us, because we're thieves. And have we ever hurt anybody? The Rebbe says, have we ever hurt anybody? They're not killing us because we're bad people. They're not killing us because we hurt anybody. What did we ever do to anybody? There's one reason that they're killing us. There's one reason that they're torturing us. Because we're Jews. Because we keep the Torah. That's why they're killing us. Because we're attached to Hashem and we keep the Torah. It's not enough for, for these Nazis to try to extinguish the spark of Elokus inside of us. They want to destroy everything. They want to destroy our bodies. They want to kill us. And they want to take away our amuna. The goof, they're killing the goof. They're, they're trying to wipe us out. But now we're going to lose faith? You have to understand that the same way that, they, the same way that the Al-Tarebi is talking about that when a Jew understands that when the guy wants you to give up your Yiddishkeit, he's, 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 he's killing you because of your Yiddishkeit, and, that, and that's when a Jew is mechazik himself in his amuna because he can't allow his Yiddishkeit to be extinguished. That's what's happening to us now. Why do you think he's killing us? Why are they killing us? They're killing us because of our Yiddishkeit. They're killing us, even the ones that are not religious. They, they, they look at us as the people of Hashem. That's why they're killing us. So now they're, killing, now they're going to kill us physically, and, we're, and, and now they're going to also damage our amuna. If we would realize this and we would understand that the gzeir of the Nazis is a gzeir against Hashem, it's a gzeir against the nefesh kiss. It's not just they're killing us. What the final solution? They're killing us because of Hashem. They're killing us because of Torah. They're killing us because of Yiddishkeit. If we would think about that, then our amuna would become strengthened. Because when a Jew realizes that they're trying to, that they're killing him because he's a Jew, then he's meisenefish. Our problem is we're only crying and practicing over our physical suffering. How hard it is that we're starving and we have all these sorrows? That's what we're practicing. We're crying about. But the, the, we don't think about the real tachlis of why the Nazis are doing this. It's because of Hashem, we don't take this to heart, we don't think about it. Therefore, there are individual Jews whose amun is being weakened, is being damaged. And that's what happened by Hanukkah. What did the Greeks want? <coughs> what they wanted was. To take us away from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, take us away from Yiddishkeit. And they gave us all kinds of tzaros. And their chachmas yivanis, their philosophies, yispashta ben Yisrael. Until they insisted that every Jew, as you know, there was exactly that every Jew has to carve on the on the horn of his axe. Craziness. Can I do medrash? It says in the medrash to give up Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Even though Yevonim was saying, we just want you to be more cultured, v'chul. but what they really were after was our Yiddishkeit. They were really after the Nefesh kids. They were after our relationship with the Kaddish Baruch That's why they said, Kis l'chem ha-kaddish ha-en l'chem chelik v'lekei Yisrael. En l'chem chelik v'lekei Yisrael. The Rebbe is saying, we have to understand the Nazis want the same thing. The Nazis want us want to bring us to a place of en l'an ha-kilu. We should come to that place of en l'an ha-chelik v'lekei Yisrael, and we're not going to give in to that. The Jews back in, 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 with Hanukkah, they understood that whatever physical tzaras that we were going through, 
Tachlisam hu lashkichim toresech lavim al chukim tzunecha. The tachlis was to cause us to forget Torah, not to make us more cultured, not that we should have some more poems and stuff. Was to was to take us away from Yiddishkeit. Lavim al chukim tzunecha v'al zed dogu, and that and that's what they were worried about. And that was their greatest source of, of distress, of anguish. That bothered them. And therefore, the Hashem the, the got up mamers like lions and said, Mila Hashem they're not, they're, they're not, they're not, they're after God. They're after our, our Kesha with Hashem's bar. That's what they're after. Mila Hashem Eli. That made their Amunah stronger because when a Jew understands, when a Jew realizes that that's what they're after, they're after my Yiddishkeit. They're, they're trying to take away God from me. Then what? The schaskim onosim yoyse. Faket the moon has has a big schaskus. Vayshim Hashem eschusam. Then the mamish went crazy against the Yevanim. V'zekish abdo malchus yovnu shalom chisol hashkim to sarlevim chayutzar. V'atib rachamech haram b'lam eis tzarosim. Amatlam eis tzarosim. It was eis tzarosim. This is what was hurting them. Eis tzarosim. That our not being able to continue having a relationship with you, Rabbi Shalom. That's the biggest sorrow. That's our sorrow. Because once it was clear to us that they're trying to take us away from Torah, they're trying to take us away from Mitzvahs, then what? That was their tsar. They're taking away our Yiddishkeit. They're trying to, they're trying to erase the Nefeshul kiss to extinguish the spark of God inside of us. That was tsaros. That was their tsar. Not that they were being beaten, not, not that they were being hurt. The Ikat tsar was lash, is, we don't see any mention about their suffering in Alanisa. It says, it says, it says, but the Iketzar is what? To stop us from being Jews. That's why you got up, because they came to that point of truth within themselves. And they were Moise Nefesh and their Amunah. And then Akash Baruch Hu stood and came to our defense. And they were Moise Nefesh and their Amunah. And then Akash Baruch Hu stood and came to our defense. And they were Moise Nefesh saying about Hagam and Amunah, you're saying Hagam, you know, like Amunah, as, the way it's expressed, for him, is he saying that, or is it possible to be plugging Amunah that's like the Shoresh of who we are? Also? In the Shoresh, in the Shoresh, in Keser, in that place of who we are, a Jew believes. Because it's not, it's not an Indian, there's no Hester in that place. That part of us is Oymid Lefnei But the Tarkis of being in this world, that the Nisham is in the Guf, and the Shama in the Guf, there could be a Pagam Amun. And the source of who we are, in the Nishama itself, there's no such thing as a Pagam Amun. It's standing in front of the Burnishon. There's no such thing. As you and I are speaking now, and the Shamas is standing in front of Hashem. There's no Pagam in that place. But in the in the relationship in the Shamba the Guf, yeah, we have all kinds of stuff. That's what our problem is. Okay. You have a minion? Good Yeah? Sure. Thank you.